Welcome to episode number 240. Today's episode, we are talking all about how to incorporate simplifying your home, decluttering, organization, and time management, especially if you're not sure where to start and how to make sure that you keep on top of it and keep these changes so that you don't have to keep going back and redoing the same thing over and over again. And you actually have a system that keeps your house decluttered and organized. Welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. I'm your host, Melissa K. Norris, best-selling author of three books, including The Made from Scratch Life, Handmade, and The Family Garden Plan, as well as the creator and founder of the Pioneering Today Academy, my online membership site where I walk you through all the aspects with step-by-step videos and tutorials on creating a homegrown and homemade life from the garden, barnyard, to the kitchen. And I love today's topic and our interview with my special guest because simplifying our homes and creating spaces that help us to manage our time better so that we're not spending time that we don't need to on trying to find things, but finding processes and systems I have found in all aspects of homesteading has greatly helped me to get more done in less amount of time and not feel so crazy. So I'm very excited to share with you my guest today, as well as her tips that we can all use. And she goes over ones that work based on your type of personality. I shared the way that I do things and how that works for me. And then she gives some great alternatives because big surprise, we're not all the same, right? Where we can all use these same principles. Sometimes our way of attack can be a little bit different um, based upon the way that we prefer to work and the way that we just naturally go at things. And so I think you're going to love this episode just as much as I do. So Today's guest, I am super excited to introduce you to Tracy Lynn. Tracy helps folks realize their simple living dreams, no matter where they call home. A simple life, amen, is no longer limited to dirt roads and pastures. Your gardening can happen on windowsills, back porches, even rooftops. All you need is a pot, some soil, and plenty of sunshine. And Tracy is going to help us with our simple living lifestyle, focusing on the home with time management, simplifying your house, decluttering and organizing. So without further ado, let's jump straight in to today's episode. I'm so excited to have today's guest on and to get to talk about this subject. So Tracy Lynn, welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. Thank you, Melissa. I'm super excited to be here. Yay! You know, it's funny because within, you know, the homesteading realm and living, you know, getting back to basics and all of that type of thing, a lot of times I feel like our focus is really on, you know, the how-to, like how, how to grow your garden, you know, how to make this specific recipe or how to make a sourdough starter, etc. But when we start to bring in all of these 
elements of things that do take hands-on time, even when we've learned, you know, got really comfortable with, with the skill set and what we're doing and can do it faster than when we first started, we tend to be like we get one skill conquered, at least I'm this way. And I'm like, okay, bring on the next one. So I'm always bringing in new things. And even like I said, when we do get it kind of under our belt and we streamlined, it can be, it's a simple life, but it can be a complicated and not always necessarily easy, even though it's simple living. So I'm really excited to talk to you today and to get some tips, not only for everybody who's listening in, but myself as well, because I feel like we can always improve on that. And that is how to create and simplify our homes and our time management, decluttering and organization and that type of thing. So I would love if you'd give us a little bit of background on how you have you know, use these and how your home is transformed and with that focus and that type of thing. And then we'll dive into, you know, your tactical tips. Okay, great. Um, yes, I started out, I grew up what I like to call a messy person. So I just, I was a piler. I piled papers. I piled things. I made it an art form of stacking my stuff, which what I thought was an organized way of putting my stuff. I, I call it my organized piling system. But when I had kids and I got married and I uh, was running a household, I realized that this was not going to work. And, and I was very cluttered in the beginning. I was very disorganized in the beginning and very chaotic the way I ran my house. And my kids all witnessed that. And I realized I had to come up with simple solutions to not only run my entire home, but to run my kitchen, to run my finances, to um, run, help the kids with their homeworks, to run our schedule. And, and by coming up with easy ways to approach these um, that could be stressful times in our everyday life, it's really helped me to slow down, to catch my breath, to refocus, and, and just enjoy the days rather than getting stressed out by them all. Oh, I love that. And when you were just saying that, I'm like, I'm dying laughing because I do not come to organization naturally. In fact, when I was in high school, I had friends over and I actually had them comment. It was a, a, a male and he said, wow, I've never seen a girl's bedroom be as messy as this. And I'm like, oh boy, that is not a compliment. <laughs> and so when you're saying like, and I used to say like, I'm like, well, my home isn't dirty, but I would have areas that I'm like, it's, it's, it's a mess, but I know where everything is. It's my organized mess. Kind of the same thing as you were saying with your piles. And I would tell myself that, and I kind of believed it at the time, but oh my goodness, it was not helpful. And it wasn't, even if it was an organized mess and I thought I knew where things were, that really wasn't true because I would then lose something or spend so much time trying to figure out where I had put something because I didn't have these systems. And even, and I think until we've went through that process where you kind of have that before and after, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I didn't realize the impact that it had just on my mind when things, even if they were in piles, but having them out, my mind couldn't rest as well. And I didn't realize it until I did get systems in place. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like you have a different feeling when you walk into that space and it really is clean and organized um, versus even piles. Like 
I just felt like a relaxation in my shoulders and in my spine. Did you notice that too? Oh, absolutely. One of the things that frustrates me more than anything is wasting time looking for things. And even though I knew where I thought it should be, it would never be where I thought it should be. And so running around trying to find things, and it always would happen at the most inconvenient times. Like my kids needed to be at a game in 10 minutes and we couldn't find their cleats. So those situations would happen so much that I, I knew I had to find a way to um, get over that part of it, but actually coming up with the system on my own was a little tricky and it took some time. But when I finally got there, then I could just run with it in every aspect of our home. Okay. I love this. So you have one system that you're applying to all the different aspects. So, so walk us through it. Like, give me the, give me the deets. Okay. <laughs> All right. So basically the first thing I had to do, because I told you I, I was born a messy person. So I needed to find ways that didn't change the fact that I was messy, but instead gave me tools that I could still be that messy person, but yet still have a more organized and tidy home. So what I had to do was kind of take a step back, see how I approached tasks that I did throughout my day, and then find ways to stop the messiness before it started. So, okay, let me just throw out an example. So I would, let's say, clean my family room and I would get out the vacuum cleaner and I would run the vacuum cleaner and I would get all done cleaning the family room. And then that vacuum cleaner would sit in my family room for like a week before I finally put the vacuum cleaner away. And I know it's kind of a silly example, but I was literally doing that in every single aspect. Like I'd pay the bills and I'd leave the bills laying out on the table or I made dinner and I wouldn't completely clean up after the meal. And all of those things compiled onto each other to make my house just this cluttered, chaotic mess. So what I had to do was find a way to um, shortcut those results so that they were more positive. So basically in my family room, I now keep my vacuum cleaner behind a cabinet, a bookcase in my family room. So now I can vacuum my family room and quickly put the vacuum cleaner away. So that took care of that one issue. Paperwork, paperwork would literally be strewn all over my home. So I found ways to set up mail baskets in my heavily paper cluttered traffic areas, such as the kitchen or my office. And inside of those baskets would be where all the paper would go. And when I paid my bills, I would start at those baskets, go through each of those papers, and that eliminated the paper clutter in my home. And by doing things in that aspect for each of my hotspots or my trigger areas, it really did eliminate those situations, helping me to slow down, take a step back and remove some of the clutter. So it was easier for me to set up systems for the rest of the clutter. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes, it makes so much sense. And I am so with you. I have found in my, my long journey to where I am now, which I've come a long way, is the more clutter you have, the more it attracts. It's like a magnet. And so like when you're saying you left out, you know, you had the paperwork and it was on the table, then it, and I've done the exact same thing or the vacuum is out. And for me, I keep coming back to close. And it was like, if you've got a really clean bedroom floor, and one piece of clothing is taken off and it's not either put in the dirty clothes to be washed or put hung back up, folded back up, et cetera. 
you really notice like that one thing you're like, if everything else is clean, you're like, oh, that's out of place. Like I need to get that picked up. But if you've got a whole bunch of things that are out of place, it's easy to not really see them anymore. Like I just kind of glaze over them. And so, and I love that you were talking about triggers because I used to be, I would just take my clothes off. It was like late at night and I didn't want to deal with anything. I'm tired. So I would just, I'm like, well, I'll pick them up in the morning. But then morning would come and I would be busy and I wouldn't always pick them up in the morning. And so then when it came time to do laundry, I would have to sort all of the clothes that were on the floor. And then that stops me if I wanted to vacuum or anything like that in the bedroom. I couldn't because the clothes had to be picked up first. So it felt like it just compounded things. So I have a rule now that whenever you're changing clothes or taking off any clothes, that it has to go either into the dirty clothes basket or it has to go back on the shelf or back in the drawer, whatever. Nothing is allowed to stay on the floor. And I was like the biggest culprit. So that's like a trigger for me. As soon as I'm taking clothes off, I'm like, it has to go in a spot. It is not an option to just drop it where it is. Yeah. See, that's a great um, piece of advice. And that's the thing you have to know. I hate to use the word again, but what your triggers are so that you can better stop them before they start. So I, teach people that a room reset is the absolute simplest way to reset your room and remove the day's clutter and chaos. So you wake up to a tidier workspace, whether that be the kitchen, the family room or the bedroom and room resets are, are really super simple to do. I have um, what I call my favorite decluttering tool and it's a laundry basket. I, you might call it a clothes basket, but basically I just go from room to room with my clothes basket and inside that basket goes anything that doesn't belong in that particular room. So if we're in the family room, I'm going to pick up any of the dishes, any of clothes that end up there, any toys that the kids left behind any paperwork and just put it right inside of my clothes basket. And then I can take all of the day's things that were left over and just walk and put everything away. And in the beginning, it was probably a little hard for me to adopt that habit, but now it, it just takes probably a good five minutes per room to reset each space. But boy, I tell you, when you wake up in the morning and you walk into a pretty tidy kitchen and family room, it just starts your day off on the right foot. And that's so important when we're all so busy and, and we have so many things going on and we just don't have time to deal with the chaos as soon as we open our eyes. I love that. So you do this. This is something that you do every single night then is this room reset. So every night you go through and you go through your whole home or do you just kind of go through the main rooms or... I go, through the, I go through the main room. So I do my family room. I do my kitchen. And then my, I do a room reset in my own bedroom, but I do that in the morning because I'm going to make the bed in the morning and put the pillows back on. So in the evening, I do the room reset in the family room and kitchen. And it's just my evening routine. Like some people's evening routine is to let the dog out or make the coffee. Mine is to do a room reset. So it's just something I've trained myself to do without even thinking. I love that. And basically too, you're making sure that stuff doesn't start to pile up exactly. and compile and then become this huge thing. So for your kitchen and your family room, how long would you say like on average that this, that the room reset takes? Well, the family room, probably five minutes, the kitchen, maybe 10, if I didn't completely clean up after dinner, because see, that's the beauty of a room reset. You don't have to 
completely clean the kitchen after a meal because you know you're going to do that before you go to bed. So if you're really tired after you ate, then I can just let things sit because I know before I go to bed, I'm going to push the chairs in around the table and I'm going to, you know, put the bread in the bread drawer or put the napkins back in the napkin holder. So normally the kitchen takes 10 minutes, but really that is probably worst case scenario. It really doesn't take that long. Right. You know what I've noticed about things like that? And it can be cleaning the house or decluttering. I mean, really anything is oftentimes I if it's especially something I don't really want to do or don't super enjoy doing, because I'll be honest, I don't necessarily enjoy cleaning the house. There's some things I, I don't mind more than others, but I put it in my head as like, oh man, like this dreadful thing. And then I procrastinate on it when really, if you just dive in and do it and be like, hey, well, I'm doing this. And like you said, you, you've got this, it's a mindset every night. I'm doing this. I'm doing my room reset on these rooms because really, like you said, a max of 10 minutes. And most of the time, even if I've got dirty dishes, like really, like if you just jump in there and do them, it's like 10 minutes, unless it was a huge meal where you had like a ton of people over. Mm -hmm. It's like 10 minutes. But in my mind, I'm thinking it's going to take me like a half an hour and it's never usually that long. And so I like that you're, you're saying like, you just are telling yourself, this is being done tonight one way or the other, but it's a non-negotiable. No, that's right. And I have to remind myself of the result. So I know, you know, do I want to wake up in the morning and be faced with this mess? Or do I want to wake up in the morning and be faced with coffee, you know, being made in, in a neat and tidy kitchen? And for me, I would much rather be greeted by a tidy space. Therefore, the pre-work that I do before I go to bed is definitely worth the outcome. I like that. And yeah, the outcome, I think that's probably the way I operate with most things in life is telling myself, remember the outcome, like with exercising, remember the outcome, how you're going to feel when you're done. And of course, the, the benefit of being, you know, more, having more energy and physically fit. So I love those. Now, we've talked about too, like once you get a lot of these systems in place, I've noticed and I'm going to think, I'm going to assume you have too it naturally helps you manage your time better, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Because you're not spending time looking for things. You're not spending time walking around things. You're not spending time clearing a space to do a project. It absolutely does save a lot of time. And, and there's a few things to remember because I'm sure there's people listening that are like, yeah, if, if I was to do a room reset, it would take me four hours because I haven't seen my family room floor in a month. So there is probably some pre-work that um, a few people may need to do first, and that is the actual decluttering of a space. And I, I you know, I, people say to me that that's such a big project. I just don't have the energy to do it. And I totally understand because I was absolutely there and I, and I needed to first, um, know what the clutter was because you need to know what the clutter is before you can start dealing with the clutter. And, and some people have a little, harder time distinguishing exactly what the clutter is so that they can therefore get in there and deal with it so they can either remove it or put it where it needs to be so it is no longer clutter and then they can get to the point where these room resets are an actionable thing that they can do every single day in a short amount of time. I love that and I have found for myself and so I'm curious if you found this too for me to truly do an area that's just gotten out of control or just kind of continues to always be like a, like a trouble spot where things just congregate, congregate there is I have to take 
everything out. And so it does take longer, but I found otherwise I was just kind of reorganizing the same mess. And so I found like I actually take everything out of the space and then go through it item by item and be like, does this really belong here? Do I really need this? And then put it back together and obviously not putting all the same stuff back. Right. I keep just coming into the same thing and reorganizing the same spot over and over and over again. So I found for me that I just have to take everything out, which does take a lot longer, but I found that overall, it's the only way I've really been able to create a lasting change in those specific areas. Do you have any tips or tricks different than that or any advice towards that? People are different types of clutter people. Like for you, you like to take everything out, sort it all in one jump, and then put back the things that you want to keep in that space. And then for others, it's more of a declutter as you go. So if you're the type of person that wants to do everything in one project, take it all out, deal with it, and put it back, then my best advice for that person is to make sure that you have ample time before you dive in. And, and I know if you have a really big project, you can be like, you know, this is going to take me all day. I just don't want to sacrifice a day to do this one space. Well, you have a couple choices. You can either break it down and let's say if you're in the kitchen, focus on two main cabinets that you use. Or if you're in the family, family room, focus on the game area of that room. You can either break it down into small projects that you can incorporate throughout your weekly schedule or you can give yourself a time distraction that will help you put all of your focus into that one project and really tackle it in, in one sitting. And um, some advice that I like to give people is you need like a time distraction. And what I mean by that is if you look at a room and you're like, okay, this project is probably going to take me 20 minutes to deal with this part of the room. And instead of setting a timer for 20 minutes, a clutter or a time distraction would be five of your favorite songs on a playlist because a song is what, four minutes. So five songs would be 20 minutes. So you can download your top favorite songs, put them on headphones or just play them on the radio. And you know, you, when those songs are done, you are done decluttering and you have 20 minutes to just get in there and move and get that done. So there's different ways to deal with it when you want to tackle it in one project like that. You can either break it down or give yourself that time distraction so that you're, you're telling your mind, okay, we mean business. We're going to get in here and we're going to do this. And, and hopefully both of those tips would really help out when you're dealing with it in that way. Yeah, I love that. I tend to be somebody who'd like, if I'm doing something like I jump in with both feet and arms, like whole body, let's just go head first. <laughs> but not everybody is like that. And so I love that. I love the time distraction because I have found I'm a podcast junkie. So my listeners know that and this is obviously a podcast. And so if there's a podcast episode that I'm really wanting to listen to, then I will find a task like that. And that's like my reward. Like, okay, I get to listen to this podcast, but I'm tying it to something that I have to do. So I love that. And music is a great way. Um, I like the time distraction. I haven't actually used that term before, but I'm like, yes, it, <laughs> it helps so much. And it makes the time go faster and makes it easier for you to, you know, to slip things in if you don't have that, you know, hours to spend on like a whole chunk on redoing a room or something like that. So that is great. Um, do you have any other tips? I guess what I'm saying is 
when you're in that space, whether it be for 20 minutes or you're just like doing the whole thing, do you have any good tips on when you are one deciding on where should this item go? And I know you gave us the one like with the vacuum cleaner, like make it easy on yourself to keep this area clutter free. Um, but when you're really evaluating items um, on like, do they stay here or do they go, et cetera? Do you have any tips that kind of walk us through that? Yes. Um, okay. So basically I look at clutter just a little bit differently than some other people do. So for me, clutter is anything that doesn't have a home. So as long as you can give your things a home and then keep those things in the home, then whatever is left out are the things that you can sort through and either throw away, give away, or donate. So I like to distinguish things into three categories. The first is anything that you need. Now, these would be items that you have to have in your home, like your bed, um, the stove, the refrigerator. Um, these are things that you have to have in the home in order to live there comfortably. And then the next would be anything that you use. So this would be tools that you use to help you get through your day. So it would be uh, pots and pans, um, your clothes, towels to dry off when you take a shower. And then the third um, category would be anything that you love. So a uh, beautiful painting that you have on your family room wall or uh, a flower arrangement that's on your kitchen table. So when you can categorize each of your things into one of those three areas, then you can move on to the next step. So if it's something that you need, then you need to give it a home in the space where it is used. If it is something that you use, then again, you need to give it a home in the space where it's used. So say, for example, you um, have a set of measuring cups and they're always sitting out on the kitchen counter. Then you're going to want to give it a specific home in your kitchen where you would normally use or at the very least expect to find that item. And then finally, anything that you love. So if you have mementos, um, like say dishes that came from your grandmother or um, knickknacks that came from your aunt that you absolutely love, then what you want to do is give it a home someplace inside of your house where you can see that item and enjoy the memories that come along with it. So if you have all these things that you're emotionally attached to, you don't want to leave them in a box in the attic where they're going to be forgotten. You want to get things out so you can see them and enjoy the memories that come along with them. And that may mean that you're going to have to remove things that you don't love to make room for the things that you do. So by giving each item in the house a specific label, you're going to better decide if it's something you need, if it's something you use, or if it's something you love. And if it's not, then you can take it to the next step, which would be to throw it away or donate it if it still has some use left in it. I love that. Now, do you set up, because I found for myself, if I don't schedule things in, honestly, and I've never used to be like a day planner, follow stuff to a schedule type of person, but I've really found if I don't schedule things in, even if it's loosely like, okay, once a month I need to do X, Y, Z, whatever, once a week, it just doesn't get done. So do you like routinely set up how often you go through a room or just once it starts to become cluttered again? Or do you have like a just like seasonally or how do you work your keeping on top of it and keeping this these systems in place? Like how often do you go re-go and re redo areas? Well, basically I declutter 
all the time. It's just a part of my daily to-do list. So I have um, these visual reminders that are all scattered throughout my home. I'll have a um, box, a decorative box or basket in my family room. I'll have um, a bag hanging from the closet in my, hanging from the handle in my closet, or I'll have a bin in my bedroom sitting in the corner of the floor. And as I go through the day and I find things that I no longer need, use, or love, then I toss it in the nearest container. So then I am always in a mode of decluttering because it, it took me decades to become a cluttered mess. So there's no way that you're going to be able to come become uncluttered overnight. It is something that is slow. It is something that needs to be woven throughout your day. And it's something that needs to be intentional, like, you know, cooking breakfast in the morning or tying your shoes before you leave the house. It's just another habit that you want to do every day and you are constantly making decisions every time you are looking for things. So the other day I was getting out a pair of socks and while I was in that drawer, I noticed four pairs I haven't worn in probably a year. And I just took them right then and there, tossed them in the bag that was hanging on my closet door and kept on getting dressed. It, it didn't take any extra time. It was woven through the habits of my day and the clutter is slowly getting smaller as each day goes on. So by making and, and another thing to remember is when you do it every day like this in, in little bits and pieces, you are training your mind to see your things differently. You're, you're not so emotionally attached to that spatula in the kitchen. You're, you're better able to say, you know what? I have seven spatulas. I really only need three. I'm going to get rid of these four. It, it just makes the decision process much easier to do when it's something that you do routinely. I love that. And I have as a, as a homesteader and I'm always thinking of like one, well, can I reuse this or can, you know, not being wasteful, um, using things up kind of, you know, like it was like, um, being raised, like, you know, you, you wear it till it's wore out mm -hmm. and that type of being raised and that type of mentality, which does have its place and, and, and can be very good principles to follow. But on the other hand, it can also make you a huge pack rat. And you're actually not doing yourself any good if you're not using these things because you're holding on to them for someday. So, I, and I even used to have like where I would save clothes, like, well, I'm going to use this in a quilt or I'm going to use this in whatever, like I'm going to remake this. And I found that I wasn't doing it. Now, if you are doing that with your items, like then that's fabulous. Keep doing it. But I had to get honest with myself and I'm like, I'm not actually doing that with these things. And so I put items that I thought like, and probably more so with clothes, but even with kitchen things is I will put them in a bag, very similar to what you're saying, like put them in a bag that's going to be into a donate. If it's just broken or, or, you know, like unmendable, then it just goes into the garbage for usually, unless I'm going to cut it up for rags, depending on the material type. But it's really funny because I found, I think only once have I ever went back to that bag and pulled something out and needed to use it. And so now I don't keep those bags nearly as long as I used to because I keep them for like three months before I would donate it. Like, do I need to get into this? Like, seriously. And now I, I actually just keep in the trunk of my car every, um, like every week, I will just take the items that are in the house that I know, okay, I'm not going to keep these. Um, and I don't have somebody that I want to give them to, et cetera. And I put them in the trunk because we live um, about an hour away from the closest uh place where I could donate items to. And I usually only go down like maybe once a month. So I just keep that bag in the back of the car so then I don't forget it. Um, and then it is out of my house. And then as soon as I go to town and I've got that bag, then I can just take it and donate it rather because I've had bags. Pot. I am just like a 
chronic procrastinator, I think. I'll have bags of like stuff to donate and I'll keep forgetting to take it with me and then they just end up being clutter themselves. Um, so that's kind of my system is like, it's in the trunk of the car and then anytime I open the trunk to go shopping, then it's like right there. I'm like, oh, I've got to take this over to donate it to, you know, wherever you decide to donate your items to. So I love that you're making it a daily practice though. Yeah, and that's something I had to do. And, and, and we're a lot alike because I do the same thing. I have a box in my car that I constantly put, you know, things in. And when I run errands on that one day a week, I make sure I stop by the donation center to drop them off because decluttering isn't taking things from one space to move it to another space. It is taking things completely out of the home. And that is an important thing, a step that a lot of people um, tend to forget about. They think, okay, I decluttered my bedroom. Everything's in the mudroom. And then those things in the mudroom end up getting buried under other things. And before you know it, you're re decluttering items that you've already spent time working on. So taking things one step further every time you do it is going to set you up for success. So yeah, absolutely. Putting things in the back of your car is a really, really smart idea. And I also understand the fact of keeping things because when my family was younger, money was really tight and I couldn't get rid of things then like I can now. And I totally understand that. But you also have to remember what is going to be the bigger payoff. Is it going to be a bigger payoff to keep those toilet paper rolls to shove lint in so you can start a fire in the winter? Or is it going to be a better payoff to free up a little extra space in your utility closet so that you can put other things that add more value? So you kind of have to um, look at the pros and the cons of each item that you're going to declutter, set a few parameters that are going to be specific to you in your family and, and make decisions that are going to have the best outcome for everybody that's living in the home. I love it. This, these tips are so good. And I actually have some areas that I am like, I need to get in and to declutter these um, spots again. So you definitely have given me some motivation to, to get myself in there and do that. Great. So, Traceland, thank you so much for your tips today. And where can people find more? And if they need more help with getting things simplified and organization and time management and all of those things, where can, where's the best spot for them to connect with you? Well, my blog, Simple Living Country Gal, is where I talk about all of my simple living tips from gardening to raising animals to decluttering to frugal living tips. It's all over on that website. Okay. Awesome. And do you have any last tip that you want to leave people with? Just get started. The hardest part is to just get started. But once you get in there and you start seeing those results, even if they're small, don't underestimate the power of five minutes. Take five minutes, do a quick declutter in that time, and let those little successes build on each other until you can eventually set up each room one at a time to create a home you and your family will love. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. I hope you guys enjoyed that just as much as I did. And remember, if you want to check out any of the resources or links, you can go to melissaknorris.com forward slash 240, just the number 240, because this is episode number 240. And I will link to some of my own kitchen organizational and decluttering videos and blog posts as well as some great ones by Tracy so that you can get your home and kitchen whipped into shape.
Thank you so much for joining me. And I can't wait to be back here with you next week. And if you are taking these tips and beginning to apply them, tag me on Instagram or Facebook. I would love to see some photos of your before and afters and the areas that you are getting organized. And if you've got any tips, make sure that you leave them in the blog post that accompanies this episode so that we can all glean from them to create simpler homes. I can't wait to chat with you next Wednesday. Thank you.